Transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet, I am your host, Alpha Mike, on Raider Cop Podcast. You are listening to episode 169, The Pope, as we continue our Wise Guys series. We have made a commitment to continue all the way till January. We started in November because we refused to compete with the election. It just sucked the air out of everything. So we went to the Wise Guys series because for whatever reason, people like to hear it. So we give it to them. How do you get in contact with us? It's this easy, Raider Cop Podcast. And you can go to RaiderCop.com, RaiderCop.com, or RaiderCopNation.com. The difference, RaiderCopNation.com, is our website where you can get news and information and uh, what's happening behind the scenes. RaiderCop.com just gives you the listening device where you can hear the podcast. But you can also get the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. The list goes on. On RaiderCopNation.com, there's a section there that says uh, contact us, connect with us. There you can see all the um, different outlets that you can hear us. And that goes for Test Everything 1521 also. That's on Apple Podcasts, Google, and so forth. But um, you can also hear it on Raider Cop Nation section there that says Test Everything 1521. All right, our show's less than 30 minutes. We got a lot to cover. The subject today is the Pope, and we're not going to waste any time getting the clowns out. The Pope, episode 169. Who is the Pope? Well, he was born Constantino Paul Castellano. Despised the name Constantino, so he just just used Paul. He actually would sign C. Paul Castellano. Born June 26, 1915 in Bensonhorst, New York City, in Brooklyn, he dropped out of school at the age of, well, at eighth grade. 
said he had enough of that and he was out hit out to hit the road <clears throat> to become a butcher because that was the family business. His father, Giuseppe, was the butcher. He uh, was a member of the Mangano family at one time, <clears throat> but I believe he was an associate. His sister, Kath Catherine, would marry Carlo Gambino. Of course, he was our episode prior to this, and we know that the Gambino family bears his name today. Paul and Carlo Gambino were cousins. Paul would have four kids, and they are Paul, Philip, Joseph, and Constantine, which is a girl. Paul stood uh, somewhere in the area of uh, north of 6'4 to 6'5, weighed about 300 pounds, and there's where the name that he got early on in the, mo in the mob, Big Paul Castellano. But Paul wasn't a tough guy. He was an earner, but he was not a tough guy. In fact, he was even recorded on some FBI bugging devices talking about, he doesn't even recall he ever having a fight, you know, in his life. But uh, a lot of people ask, well, how do you become a made member? Because back then, there were other requirements that you had to have. Well, let's just say that Paul took an associate with them, pointed and said, that one over there. Next thing you heard was, pow, pow. And at that point, uh, Paul becomes member shortly after that of La Costa Nostra. Paul would become a multi-millionaire just as an associate, not even a made member. He was basking in money because he had an ability to produce. He was an earner. And as we had discussed before, there's a lot of members in mafia circles but a lot of them don't earn money. They are kind of taxing on the situation and usually have five or six real earners. These people are actually bringing in the bacon. And as a result, they will take care of the ones that are not doing anything. So there you have it. Paul... Uh, would control the Italian lottery on 17th Avenue in Brooklyn. Uh, in 1934, at the age of 19, he attempts to rob a clothing factory in Connecticut, and it was a comedy of er errors. They forgot to lock, lock the front door, and witnesses came in, and Paul standing there waving a gun and then they got into their car to, the getaway car and people wrote down the tag number the license plate number and shortly after Paul was picked up in uh, Brooklyn, New York and uh, he got some time out of this I think six months if I remember correctly 
Paul would grow in the LCN and the mafia under the control, which was starting to become under the control of his cousin, Carlo Gambino. Paul also, on that little stint he did with the clothing store, hold up that win uh, awry. Paul never snitched out the other accomplices that were with him, giving him a reputation of a stand-up guy. In 1940, Paul would become a made man in the Mangano family. Paul uh, would become a capo in the Mangano family, reporting to Vincent Mangano. So because of his potential of earning, remember, multi-millionaire reported from the time he was an associate, now he becomes a made member, and shortly after that, they kind of plug him into the copo area. Although the FBI puts him on the radar as an official copo in the 60s, Paul had been a copo for uh, much more time prior to that. 1951, Mangano would be killed as we discuss another podcast by Anastasia. 57, Anastasia would be killed by Gambino. We discussed that also in prior podcast. Now, in 1957, there was a commission meeting. Back then, probably from 1931 all the way to 1957, there was 26 families throughout the United States, and they would have commission meetings approximately every five years. Later, that commission standard would be modified where the New York City LCN, they would meet on an irregular basis, but it wasn't five years. There was no set time. Whenever they needed to get together, they would. But they kind of avoided it. But we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, on the podcast, especially with Paul. Uh, So 1957... They have this enclave in Alapacha, New York, where they are going to crown these 26 families, Carlo Gambino, boss of the Anastasia family. Right after they crowned them boss of that family, they changed the name, too, to the Gambino family. Shortly after that, we know that Vito Genovese uh, was in a court case, didn't really want to partake in the commission just in case. Once he got cleared of his case, he wanted to have another commission meeting because he wanted to be crowned boss of bosses, capo de tutte capi, and under the Genovese flagship. They would have that second enclave and it would be a disaster where Over 60 of them would get arrested. As a result, Paul would bring, excuse me, not Paul, I made a boo-boo there. Carlo would bring Paul to the enclave. And now is when Paul is starting to become introduced to other families. 
other made members from around the country and it put them in that high high seat as the right hand man to Carlo Gambino Paul would at, at, at when he went to the enclave he fled like everybody else they all fled and avoided the arrest but Paul was so you know over six feet tall and he was wandering around the, the forest out there in the woods and you know the troopers picked him up and he was just a mess from running, mud on his shoes and everything else. But nevertheless, that would give him reputation because his name came out in the newspaper like 60 others. Paul would end up doing a little stint in jail for it, you know. Uh, you, you weren't allowed to be with known felons and everybody at this party is a known felon. So uh, Paul uh, now would, would benefit from being there years, years later because one thing is you say you were there. Another thing is where people can read it and it proves itself. Uh, Paul would, uh, in 1970, Gambino would rely on Paul for the day-to-day -day operations. As... Uh, Gambino became more and more powerful. 57, he takes over the family. By 1960, the Bonanno family, we had discussed that during the previous Carlo Gambino episode, uh, where the Bonanno family were going through the Bonanno Wars, fighting each other. There was a mess on the commission moving uh, Carlo upwards. Carlo was a thin man, and he was also had s several ailments, one of them being a failed heart, uh, as doctors would later testify. But nevertheless, uh, during the early part of the 70s, Carlo was giving more and more of that day-to-day -day responsibility to to Paul and specifically because he wanted to see how he would handle it and he had bigger picture for Paul. He wasn't going to just leave him in the position he was at that time, which was Koppel. Now, Paul would make some pretty goofy mistakes, we'll say. 1975, Paul ordered the killing of a guy by the name of Vito Borelli. And he ordered th that hit and was dating his uh, uh, daughter at the time. And he would also get rid of a boyfriend that his daughter had because the boyfriend... Uh, running around in, you know, thug cycle with other uh, gangsters, let's just say, made a comment that Paul looked like Frank Perdue, the chicken guy. And uh, some of the uh, hoodlums in the neighborhood 
told so-and-so that told so-and-so, and eventually he got the Paul's ears. And he didn't like it when he heard it, so he ordered him killed and whacked as well. Said it was a form and a sign of disrespect. 1975, Paul would be indicted for loan sharking and tax evasion. He had all this money, and a lot of it was, Paul was into everything. He was into construction, loan sharking, the the lottery, gambling, um, you name it. Paul was a part of it, and uh, he moved his wealth around at buying a, you know, a mansion at one later on in life in Staten Island. And um, he had legitimate businesses. He had turned the money over into legitimate world, had his sons running it. So Paul uh, couldn't prove uh, in this tax case where, where all the money came from. So he would end up going to prison for it. Now, Paul was selected in 1976. Carlo Gambino would pass. And just before Carlo uh, died, he made his wishes known that he wanted Paul Castellano to lead a family. And this was over Anella De La Croce, which was the current underboss and thug. He was a hoodlum. He was the gangster. He was the force within the Gambino family. But he was locked away when this decision was made. De La Croce didn't, didn't fight it. Um, and I, I believe, my view is, because he didn't want to be the lightning rod. You just came out of prison. Now they're going to bestow a crown on you. Now... Paul wants a pork and have it. He just got his half of the family. And uh, Mr. Neal, which was known as Anello de la Croce, was going to live <clears throat> a wealthy man. So Paul becomes the boss in 76. Now, Paul, as I said, had many businesses, and one of them, well, he was in the butcher shop business over the poultry business. His business would eventually sell the poultry to over 300 shops in New York and around the vicinity of New York. Paul will also control two major supermarkets, which was Key Food and Wallbaum, and with having a capo and the Gambino family on the board of directors of both. And that was uh, Pasquale Conti. And he would kind of force the rest of the board members of these supermarkets to where to buy the meat. We're going to buy it from here. Yep, sure are. And that's how that went. Paul's uh, son would run the businesses, Paul Jr. and Joseph, Paul controlled also the construction. He would eventually get involved in a construction uh, cement mix company that one of his sons would run also. 
Now, funny story was he, meaning Paul, would have these meetings. And as a result, there were commission meetings because the take on construction was in the millions on one project. And Paul never wanted to lose a deal. So the people that were in charge of within the family to deal those construction rackets didn't want to step on Paul's toes. They didn't want to have a beef. So it ended up on a commission meeting. So they have one commission meeting and everybody has to go to it. And, uh, you know, it's Paul whining about the amount that he's getting. Okay, well, here, Paul, you can have the rest. And then uh, a couple weeks later, another commission meeting, they sit down and uh, all the families are there. And uh, again, it's Paul whining, complaining about construction uh, deals and concrete deals and how he needs to get more money because that's his racket. And then uh, several weeks later, we have another one. Now, prior to this, uh, the Genovese family, they would uh, alternate between Fat Tony Salerno, which was the front boss, and Vincent De Chin, which was the real boss. So Chin goes to the last two, the first meeting that they went to. And they, these, are, these are back-to-back now. Remember, they used to, from 1931 to 1957, they're meeting every five years. Now Paul's calling every two or three weeks a meeting about money that he says he's owed. And uh, so Fat Tony goes to the first one, and uh, then he switches out, and, and he tells Chin, I think you should go to this thing because uh, I'm in no position to tell him because he's a boss and, and blah, blah, blah. And he's getting, you know, he's running roughshod over people. So Vincent DeChin goes uh, to the second meeting, listens to Paul. He goes, oh, okay, all right. Well, look, Paul, just take that. All right, you finish. All right, let's get the hell up out of here. <clears throat> Several weeks later, they have the third meeting. And <laughs> Vincent DeChin says, I'll go to this one too. Everybody sits down, and it's Paul barking about the same thing. And uh, Chin goes, Christ, I can't believe this. Another effing meeting, Paul, about construction? Don't we have people that can do this? You know, Chin liked to be on the download. He was supposed to be crazy. Going to these meetings, this guy's whining about being greedy. But that's who Paul was. All right. Paul uh, would capitalize on those construction deals, and that was known as the club, and uh, became very, very rich out of it. Uh, Rich to the tune of buying a mansion in Staten Island, New York, on Todd Hill, worth $52 million, 17 rooms or 19 rooms or something like that it had. And members of the Gambino family would call the house, the mansion, the White House. It resembled it. At one point, Paul Fat Tony Solano, boss or front boss of the Genovese family, listening to Paul talk 
in lecturing in a commission meeting. See, Paul was very smart when he came to business, and he's very articulate compared to some of these thugs or some of these hood guys that uh, they were dropped out. Now, remember, Paul dropped out of school at eighth grade, but he was very articulate and smart. In fact, Tony's listening to him and basically says, you know, Paul, you sound so smart, so articulate. I wish I could talk like you. If you know who Fat Tony is, that that's funny. Because he didn't talk like that. Paul's son, Philip, would uh, become president of the Sacra Mix Concrete Corporation, where Paul would eventually become up to a billionaire, it was suspected. Paul made a pact with the Cherry Hill Gambinos, which were uh, cousins of Paul and Carlo, distant cousins, but they came from Sicily and they were in the heroin business. They were sent to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and uh, they dealt in heroin and uh, the Gambinos acted like they didn't know anything about it, but they did know about it and Paul made a pact with them and the Westies, the Irish mob out of Hell's Kitchen in New York. So now Paul has some muscle behind his leadership as the new boss of the Gambino family. Paul's inner circle would be these uh, gentlemen. Joseph uh, Caro, Tommy or Thomas Bellardi, Thomas Gambino, Daniel Marino, and James Fiala. Now, none of these guys were tough guys. They were earners, but they weren't tough guys. They were not going to scare guys like Anello Della Croce or John Gotti that was being mentored by Anello Della Croce. But Paul saw himself more as a businessman than a thug. Anello uh, Della Croce, the underboss, after he agreed for Paul to be the boss, even said the boss is the boss is the boss to John Gotti. And he accepted that. Delacroix dies December 2nd, 1985. This would be the final coffin in Paul Castellano. Because the final nail in the coffin. Because Paul was immensely greedy. He wasn't really a boss where he socialized with the made members. He saw himself more as a business executive. And he was rubbing a lot of these wise guys the wrong way. But you know what? He was going to say anything. But when Anello Della Croce, the other boss, dies, Paul having an open case, in the commission case, ops out and says, eh, I don't think I'm going to go. That, my friends, would be a bad move. As a result, it was offending the gangster side of the Gambino family. That, along with his greed and his constant nagging Delacroach about a tape that he wanted to hear of Gene Gotti and Angelo Ruggiero, which was another 
um, Gotti crew member dealing in heroin. And if that was true, they were to be put to death. You couldn't deal in drugs in La Costa Nostra. Remember, he had to deal with the Cherry Hill Gambino. You couldn't do it. They had to do it. And those, uh, the last, last nail was he was having an affair with his Colombian housekeeper in plain sight of his wife and children. And this was insulting and a, a cardinal rule against the mob. But Paul broke it because he, man, boss, it was good. Nobody's going to do nothing. Well, they did something. December 16, 1985, Paul Castellano was murdered. We'll talk about that in our next episode, how that went down. No more Paul. But who's going to succeed Paul? And how did that person get there? We'll talk about that. Up next... All hands ahoy on the Buccaneer series, episode 170. In closing, the word of the week, we feature this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also Matthews 621 and for more on this you can go to radacopnation.com test everything 1521 15 minutes or less as always continue to pray for yourselves because without you in the game we have nothing continue to pray for your family continue to pray for your community continue to pray for the law enforcement agencies that serve you and continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out.